Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Wednesday, May 25th. Coming up, Kansas Governor Laura Kelly says this year's legislative session had its disappointments, but also some reluctant but bipartisan successes. In spite of uh, many efforts to to thwart uh, my uh, agenda, we, we got a lot done. Now, as Kelly and the rest of the state's elected officials shift their attention to this year's elections, we bring you our conversation with the Democratic governor. But first, a look at today's headlines. An upcoming trial to test allegations of corruption in the Kansas City, Kansas Police Department could spell severe financial consequences at City Hall. KCUR's Steve Vokrot has the story. Lamont McIntyre is trying to prove that KCK police framed him for a double homicide he didn't commit, which resulted in him spending 23 years in prison. If he's successful, his payout could be big enough that the unified government in Wyandotte County is now saying it could significantly affect its operations and finances. The unified government was recently forced to warn as much to investors who are considering buying its municipal bonds. Lawyers for McIntyre think he and his mother should receive up to $123 million in damages. That's more than twice what the unified government spent to run its police department last year. Honesty, transparency, community engagement. These are some of the qualities Kansas Citians want in their next police chief. KCUR Salisa Kalakal has more on the findings in a report released yesterday. The results were presented to the Board of Police Commissioners and were gathered from public listening sessions and surveys conducted by a coalition of Kansas City organizations. More than 1,300 people took part in the survey, including 181 KCPD employees. One priority for residents was a police chief who will hold officers accountable for their conduct. Pastor Darren Edwards says he hopes the police board will take the report seriously as it searches for a new chief. It's 250 pages of solutions. And these solutions, I believe, will help our city become a safer city. KCPD officers who took the survey said increasing the police retention rate was a priority for them. New COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations continue to climb in the Kansas City area. KCUR's Alex Smith reports. COVID cases have climbed to an average of 242 per day, and hospitalizations are up to 63 per day. Both measures are higher than they were at this time last year. However, just 550 PCR tests are being administered in the Kansas City area each day, which is far below the number needed for disease surveillance. Genetic PCR tests are the ones usually administered by healthcare professionals. As a result, local doctors say most COVID cases are probably not being reported. The CDC estimates that nearly two in three cases in the Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, and Nebraska region are the BA.2.12.1 variant, which experts say is also driving the case surge in the northeastern United States. The Kansas legislature adjourned on Monday, ending the final session of Governor Laura Kelly's first term in office on an acrimonious note. The GOP-controlled House and Senate overrode a couple more of her vetoes and left a number of Democratic priorities unfulfilled. Kelly is up for re-election this year, and I spoke with her about what she expects in the upcoming campaign. First, though, we talked about what she saw as the accomplishments of this year's legislative session, even in a contentious year. 
In spite of many efforts to thwart uh, my uh, agenda, we got a lot done. Uh, you know, we were able to totally eliminate the sales tax on food in the state of Kansas. Not exactly the way I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it all at once, starting July 1st. Um, had to compromise with the legislature to get anything done. So I did, uh, and we will phase it out, and it will be gone. And we consider that a huge victory uh, for the people of Kansas. They have for way too long uh, been paying uh, the highest sales tax on food in the country. A lot of a lot of folks said that that obviously did have some bipartisan support and that part of why it was phased out rather than eliminated all at once was precisely to keep you from getting that legislative victory in this election year. Do you see it that way? Well, you know, I was disappointed that the legislature uh, wouldn't go with the full elimination immediately because I know uh, that the money was there. You know, I spent 14 years on the Ways and Means Committee in the Senate as the ranking minority. Uh, So I know the budget uh, inside and out. I did a deep dive with my budget director to ensure uh, that we could ax the tax totally uh, quickly uh, and that we could sustain that uh, over time. Uh, So there was no reason uh, to not just go ahead and uh, totally eliminate it now. Uh, My intent is to come back in January and to put a proposal before the legislature again to eliminate uh, the food sales tax completely immediately. Another bipartisan bill that you signed was the bill that eliminated or reduced significantly property taxes for many uh, homeowners and property owners in Kansas. Yeah, and and I was delighted to be able uh, to do that. Uh, You know, there was the obvious elimination or the increase in the um, exemption on the homestead event exemption, the first $40,000 of uh, your home value uh, was exempted up from 20000 So that goes to every homeowner in the uh, state of Kansas. But there were some other uh, property taxes that were reduced also that will really help our disabled veterans, uh, our senior citizens. Um, so uh, delighted to be able to do that. I think the food sales tax was my highest priority because it would have such an immediate effect on the most people in the state of Kansas. Uh, but property taxes were right behind that. And I'm glad that we were able to get something done and start to provide some relief. Despite those achievements, Governor, I have to think you must be disappointed with some of the outcomes of this session, maybe some missed opportunities. Obviously, the legislature overrode five of your vetoes. Uh, What were your biggest disappointments this session? Clearly uh, not getting Medicaid expansion done. This was the fourth uh, try uh, at getting Medicaid expanded. Uh, Offered it up uh, every single year I could. I will do that again next year and hopefully because it won't be an election year, uh, the legislature who I know that a majority of the legislature wants to expand Medicaid here in the state of Kansas. And I think next year uh, when I am not up for re-election, we should be able to get that done and I, I will introduce that first thing. I also really am disappointed that uh, they did not pass uh, medical, didn't legalize medical marijuana. Uh, You know, that is something I have been advocating for since my time in the Senate, uh, when I was uh, ranking on the Public Health and Welfare Committee, and we had a hearing on medical marijuana. And there were parents who brought their children 
with Dravet syndrome into the committee room. And it was painful to watch uh, these kids struggle. You know, they have 200, 300 seizures a day and medical marijuana has been shown uh, to relieve uh, some of those symptoms. Uh, so since that time, I have been a strong advocate for medical marijuana and very disappointed. Uh, that the legislature did not get that passed this year. Also disappointed that uh, they would not even have a hearing on my proposal to give every homeowner or every taxpayer in the state of Kansas a $250 refund this year. Um, you know, we know we've got historic inflation uh, going on and uh, every little bit would help with things like higher gas prices, higher food prices. So I think those are my biggest disappointments from this year. You've alluded to the upcoming election. Uh, there will be several matters that voters in Kansas will be deciding about, in- including your reelection. But even before that, the August 2nd ballot will include a proposed amendment to the Kansas Constitution that would remove any right to an abortion. It would clarify that the legislature has the authority to regulate and indeed ban abortion in the state. Will you be involved in the campaign against that amendment? I, I really won't, Brian. You know, I'm, I'm running my own campaign for re-election to governor. So uh, others will uh, need to address uh, the amendment. Uh, you know, my position uh, on uh you know, reproductive rights has been clear from the get-go from the moment I walked onto the Senate floor. Uh, you know, I really do believe that this is a decision uh, that should be left uh, to a woman and her physician uh, and not involve uh, politicians. So I will continue to uh, advocate uh, for reproductive rights, both because it's a fundamental right of a woman, but also because you know, uh, regressive legislation uh, like banning abortion is really hard on our economy. You know, it, it it makes businesses not real enthusiastic about relocating or expanding here in a state where it would be difficult to recruit uh, a workforce. You mentioned your own uh, re-election. Uh, you will be on the ballot uh, primary in August, the general election in November. What will be the cornerstones of your re-election campaign? Can you talk about that? Yeah, I think uh, first and foremost, we're going to we're going to run on a record. You know, when I was campaigning in uh, 2018, I made promises uh, to be the education governor. Well, we have now constitutionally funded our uh, public education system for four consecutive years. Uh, I wanted to uh, close the Bank of KDOT. Uh, This year, my budget finally closes uh, the Bank of KDOT and throws away the key. So uh, we have made promises like that. I I talked a lot about our foster care system, which had 8,000 kids in it. When I took office, we really invested a lot in the agency that's responsible for that system. And we have uh, reduced the number of kids uh, in our foster care system by about 1,500 now. Uh, And in addition, we have uh, put in place a number of innovative programs uh, that really help our kids, particularly our older foster kids, uh, transition from the system uh, into life. You know, our, our track record on economic development uh, is second to none. For two consecutive years, we set new state records for the most new capital investment. We've done we've done some remarkable things, and 
I want an opportunity to continue that, continue to work on behalf of Kansans. Your likely opponent, most would agree now, is Attorney General Derek Schmidt. Uh, do you think he'll be a more formidable opponent? Will this be a, a more difficult campaign than that 2018 one? Well, Brian, I think I'm a more formidable uh, candidate at this point because of my track record. Uh, so I uh, I will be out uh, on the campaign trail uh, when I'm not uh, in my office governing, uh, really talking with the people, having conversations with the people, uh, getting input again from the people, um, getting our message out uh, to the people. Uh, and uh, I, I think uh, we will be able to prevail in November. Democrat Laura Kelly is governor of Kansas. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. This podcast was produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. Join me tomorrow when we'll hear about the limitations some fear may be coming on access to birth control in Missouri. You can follow KCUR.org for the latest Kansas City information or, of course, catch us on the radio at KCUR 89.3. We'll see you tomorrow.